Good morning, UIDS. I'm Ty, and I'm here in the studio today with Pammy. We are from the podcasting club, of course, and we're here every Wednesday from 7.45 to 8.15, even though in this case, we're a bit late by two minutes. We apologize for that because, you know, technical difficulties. Anyway, this week and next week, Tune in for your weekly content and entertainment. By the way, our broadcast is live online this week. For better quality, you can watch it over at youtube.com slash at M-U-I-D-E-S broadcast, where we keep all of our episodes, including past ones as well. And before we continue, we would like to thank Mr. Garb, and Miss Sandy for checking our script today. As a reminder that if any teachers are listening at this point, we know you are in a meeting right now, so feel free to switch off the PA system in your room. You can do that using the neat little volume knob right next to one of the doors. And this week, we will be covering information about the return of PM 2.5 in Thailand again. It's coming back every year, right? Totally. And other than that, we're also going to be covering the psychology of love. Wow, is it right? No, we've already done that, haven't we? Totally. So let's do happiness instead. Why not? Yeah, stay tuned. And, you know, since everyone's studying really hard and working on a lot of upcoming assignments, we want to remind you guys to take care of yourselves and don't overwork and don't overwork yourself too much. And remember, find time for relaxation and your personal hobbies. And of course, let's get on to the content, I guess. So let's begin with our daily announcements. For anyone who is interested, the university fair will be held on the 27th for 30 to 45 minutes. For more information, you can check the schedule on the homeroom talk. Yeah, and other than that, we also have an interesting workshop on ways to make your MIBS application preparation stand out. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I really want to join too. Yeah, if you want to join, it's also on the 27th at 3.10 to 3.40 in the afternoon at the auditorium, of course. So feel free to join. And thank you, the counselors, for arranging such a good thing to happen. Anyway, before we continue, I would kind of like to do some self-promotion. Wow. Bring it on. <laughs> okay. Look, so I'm going to promote myself because, as you may or may not know, I'm involved with Drama Club as well. And we're looking to arrange some interesting activities for the upcoming year. You know, like last year's escape room, but this year it's going to be something else. Something, something else? Better. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, it is. It's definitely exciting. So if you can, I wouldn't mind you coming for a visit today at, at like P8. Like, of course, this room 323 or Miss Kids room, as I call it. Anyway, let's move on to action content. First... I would like to give you a quote from someone called Beyonce. Beyonce? Is that her name? Yeah, it's her name. So what's the quote? The quote is, 
be healthy and take care of yourself, but be happy with the beautiful things that make you, you. It's a nice quote, actually. And, you know, let's interpret it with the news today. Okay. Yeah. So let's get on to the serious thing. Firstly, we would like to give credit to CNA News for the informative news on air pollution. On Friday, 2020, Bangkok was ranked as the world's 10th most polluted city, according to the air quality monitoring firm, as stated by governmental officials. The spike in AQI was caused by cold air, high air pressure, and lastly, dry weather. And of course, the increase in PM 2.5 was said to be a threat for, quote, vulnerable groups, which include young people, old, older gen- the older generation, and those with lung issues. According to the health ministry, over 2 million people sought medical treatment this year alone for problems linked to poor air quality. This year alone? That's quite a lot. So, as a result of this situation, officials promised action to ramp up PM2.5 prevention methods, such as limiting the area where people can burn crops, setting up regulations between the public and private sectors, increasing monitoring spots, and negotiating with relevant sectors about the transnational pollution. However, this received contradictory feedback from the population. Some claim action is not going to happen, while other environmental groups accuse the government of ignoring a key contributor to the problem, or in other words, the industry. Yeah, of course. And we're here to provide both sides of the argument because we want to give you a balanced way to make an opinion. And other than that, let's go on to something else because actually, hold on, we, have we finished? Do you want to say some, anything more about PM? Um, I think that's enough for about PM 2.5 today. Yeah, just, you know, we want to hear about like the levels of PM 2.5 or something. Oh, yeah, totally. So let's get on with it. Oh my, my God, it was so awkward. I'm sorry. Okay, anyway, let's talk about AQI then because AQI is a measure of PM 2.5. It also measures other metrics as well, you know, like ozone, PM 10, all those other stuff. But for today's purposes, we're talking about PM 2.5 converted into AQI. So many of you may have already heard the phrase AQI quite a lot around school and maybe around your homes as well. It's a measure of air quality, actually, and it covers most pollutants that aren't going to cause harm to humans. And of course, air visual is a popular way to keep track of the AQI in your area. And let's explain the metric, or what is it called? The US, United States AQI, which explains the various levels and translates all these pollutants just something we can see and interpret ourselves. Oh, so like the first level is 0 to 50, which is a good amount and the minimal risk where we can all live normally. And what is the second level? The second level is 51 to 100, 
which essentially means that sensitive people, such as those with lung issues, should consider avoiding outdoor exercise, and everyone should be closing their windows to the bad outside air. The third level is 101 to 150, which is unhealthy for sensitive groups. But everyone is also at risk as well for eye, skin, and throat irritation, as well as respiratory problems. All people should reduce outdoor exercises. Air purifiers should be turned on. Yeah, and other than that, there's 101 to 150 as well, which is known to be... An... Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. It's morning, everyone. Yeah, it's too, way too early, and I'm still panicked from like the technical issue. It's all right, everyone. Uh, as we said, like today's episode is about happiness, so no pressure. Oh, thank you, thank you. Anyway, moving on, we have 151 to 200, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, so it's actually meaning that it's unhealthy for everyone, and there's an increased likelihood of heart and lung issues and aggravation which means that existing conditions may get worse. Anyway, everyone is impacted by this level, and especially sensitive groups. From that, you know that everyone, including children, adults, people who are, have more wisdom... Including us as well? Yeah, including, oh, including us. ...should wear masks outside, and air purifiers should turn on inside. Oh, the next level is 201 to 300, which is very unhealthy. Everyone is affected by this. Sensitive groups will experience reduced endurance in activities. Everyone should remain indoors, and air, and air purifiers should be turned on. Wear a pollution mask outside. Yeah, okay. And to our last level, which is 300 or more which is considered heart hazardous, which means that everyone is at high risk of experiencing strong irritation and negative health effects that could trigger cardiovascular and respiratory or breathing illnesses. And in this level, everyone should avoid exercise and remain indoors. Of course, wearing a pollution mask outdoors as well. So... Let's begin with our main topic today, or the theory of happiness. It is undeniable that most people want to be happy. In other words, the majority want to be happy. They want to be engaged, consciously or unconsciously, in actions designed to improve their levels of happiness. But despite our best efforts, these actions can sometimes have the opposite effect. For example, chasing a promotion at work only to realize we have become burned out in the process other times, our actions can make us happy in the short term, but but wait. But unhappy oh, in the yeah. long term, of course. Like studying, for example. You sure about that? Um, There's like, I don't know, 50 teachers listening to this? Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I take that back. I mean, studying is also good for most people. Yeah, it depends on the perspective yeah, of studying. Definitely. And we're going to be talking about perspective a lot today as well. Yeah, it also changes the attitude. Yeah, because, you know, everything you feel is influenced by your perspective. We've said this in love, but we're going to say it again. 
everything you hear today, your mileage may vary. You might agree, you might not. Take what you do and use it effectively. Yeah, we said, actually, we said that in the education as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like, other times our actions can make us happy in like the short term, but unhappy in the long term. For example, earning a large sum of money only to realize later it was we focused too much on the financial issues and the success in our lives that we forgot to like call them blessings in our daily life. Yeah, of course. And these complexities are partially why there are many definitions of happiness as the concept of happiness has changed so much over the centuries. Happiness can, in fact, be described as different things depending on the time scale you considered. Oh, really? What are the times? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, like any relationship, there's short-term, medium-term, and long-term. Short-term often talks about your current feelings or how you are feeling right now. But medium-term refers to stuff about your subjective life satisfaction or how satisfied you feel that you are right now and about how your happiness may differ across different cultures. Overall, medium-term happiness is described as, quote, overall appreciation of one's life as a whole. What's the last one? Of course, it's long-term because everything should have a long-term or maybe not, I don't know. Anyway, it's your conscious approach to thriving as a human being. Aristotle, for example, called it, quote, virtuous activity in accordance with reason. Wow, that's amazing, you know. I was only thinking of short-term memory and long-term memory. Um, jokes aside, the first two are probably familiar to you. So it's the third vision of happiness the long-term one that we will explore today. Aristotle coined it eudaimonia in Greek, which is sometimes translated as human flourishing. Yeah, I, I can't read that word either, so... Yeah, um, it was so hard to read. Yeah, fair enough. You continue, please. Okay, so Aristotle's philosophy was that because reason, or logos in Greek, is unique to human beings, the ideal goal of human life is the fullest exercise of one's reason. According to Aristotle, it's not enough to be skilled or talented in order to live a good life. Uh, in order to achieve happiness, you must be engaged in activities that are intellectually stimulating and drive us to excellence. But, of course, Aristotle didn't dismiss other important dimensions in one's life, such as friends, wealth, and power. In fact, he actually doubted that we could achieve eudaimonia or happiness if we were completely missing one of these crucial aspects. Totally. I think that it's very important in our life to appreciate what we have right now. Yeah. You know, for, for instance, Aristotle, quotes found it hard to imagine a happy life without good birth, good children, and beauty. You know, that's a direct quote from him, so I don't agree fully with that, but maybe it's just a perspective we can explore. Yeah, it's up to the interpretation, right? Yeah, everything mm-hmm. is really relationships, love, happiness, emotion. Totally. That's what that was what makes 
talking about them so hard. Yeah, it's like we have like different perspectives and sometimes we have different goals. So speaking about Aristotle's theory, the theory of happiness has also been explored by other researchers as well. So there's other perspectives there as well. Oh, yeah. Let's, but you know what, let's explore them. Why not? So like building somewhat from the Aristotle's theory, we have what is called the Maslow's hierarchy. So the Maslow's hierarchy is indeed what we are curious today about time. Yeah, of course. So Maslow's hierarchy refers to the psychological theory, which means about the mind, about him, how it works. And Maslow says that humans need various levels of fulfillment before they can move to the next one. So for example, you need your safety needs fulfilled before your psychological needs. And you need your love and belonging needs fulfilled before your esteem. All these things just come together and make one complete pyramid, at least according to Maslow. So Maslow map his needs onto a pyramid diagram with each need occupying a different level of the pyramid. The lowest and largest level represent the basic and highest priority needs that are essential for like, survival. And well, the smaller and higher sections yeah. at the top of the pyramid represent self-esteem and self-actualization, which are essential for fulfillment and emotional well-being. But they're more abstract concepts, and according to Maslow, they're harder to get to. Oh, so it's a more abstract, you say? Yeah, just like origami. <laughs> so, the pyramid diagram shows how Maslow believed that human needs are hierarchical, meaning that some needs may take priority over others. According to this theory, people cannot achieve the needs higher up the pyramid until they have taken care of the ones below, like the base and also the top. We need to build the base in order to construct the top of it. Yeah, of course. And, you know, according to him, all these things are common in a necessity to be to be used in order to sustain us. And I would like to explain all of them to a great extent in like a five-hour lecture, right? Oh, yeah, our five-hour lecture. But unfortunately, we only have like 15 minutes. A limited amount of time. Yeah, so let's speed through them, I guess. Okay. So the, the physical needs that humans must meet in order to survive are such that food, water, sex, warmth, and shelter, and also, most importantly, sleep. Other needs are necessarily to be met in order to sustain a well-being. So what's the second one, time? Okay, so the second one is safety needs, or essentially how you need to feel safe and protected and predictable life, essentially. And this contributes to, you know, living or working in a stable environment, having a sufficient source of income, feeling protected from crime or abuse, or being in good physical health with no serious illnesses. You know, actually, many people in the United States and in Thailand even live in physically or emotionally unsafe environments. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and those people might have an effect of those living conditions on their adulthood, you know, of course. And 
That sums it up for safety needs. So let's move on to the next type of need. Next type of need is love and belonging needs. Love and belonging, oh, everyone needs that. Love and belonging needs include the feelings of being connected to others, belonging to a group, and having secure relationships. People need this need to make friends, giving and receiving affection, emotional intimacy, and also feeling accepted by loved ones, which this is really, really important. Yeah, to most, to most people, right? Yeah, or actually it could lead to loneliness. Okay, okay, I'm not going to talk about that. Anyway, next thing is called esteem needs. Esteem needs are of admiration and respect. So Maslow divided this part into two subcategories, actually. The esteem a person has for themselves, or they call it self-esteem, and the respect that they may desire from others. Self-esteem involves a healthy position, a positive position, regarding oneself. And the things that people often need for good self-esteem include self-worth, when a person feels they have value, competency, which involves feeling skilled or knowledgeable, dignity, which is feeling of worthy of respect, independence, which in this context, person feels that they may do things for themselves. Oh, so esteem also involves gaining respect from peers, acknowledgement from others' achievements, same task or prestige, and also fame or reputation. However, Maslow noticed that, that the healthiest form of esteem that comes from others needs to be earned. Do you get the love you think you deserve? Um, that's a quote from one of the movies I really like. And celebrities and breeding recognition cannot fulfill a person's esteem needs in the long term. Yeah, okay. Moving on, we have something called self-actualization. Or I think this is the last one in his pyramid. It's the topmost one, actually. So, Pevin, take it away. So, the highest needs on Maslow's pyramid is self-actualization, which involves a person knowing themselves, understanding their full potential, and also reaching it. This is different from the esteem needs to the previous section. According to Maslow, people, people who become self-actualized find motivation in growth and possibility rather than trying to gain something they lack. They see things that the community didn't can see or could achieve and they pursue them, whether or not it's result in an external reward. And some other characteristics that result in self-actualized people, according to Maslow, are one, a realistic perception of society, or essentially, you see other people in a realistic way, mm -hmm. and course, acceptance of imperfections. Oh, yeah, you know, accepting your flaws. You mean? Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Anyway, to add on to that. I've actually heard of a quote from, what is it called? A YouTuber? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A YouTuber. He's called CGP Brain. And he said, and I quote, Perfect, the cost of perfection is infinite. Infinite? Yeah. So don't expect perfection from anything, but you can try to get it at least to the best of your ability. And other than that, you also should be flexible because things change. Such as, you know, in this morning, I was running around 
Yeah, all these things happen, and we must learn from it all the time. Yeah, take my bad example. Don't do what I did and just keep panicking until we start the show. I mean, I floor everyone's floor, and everyone's human, actually. So let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. You know, since we don't have much time, let's go on just other theories of happiness in psychology, so you can get a well-rounded understanding. Because you know. Measuring happiness is hard. It's objective and it's subjective at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the definition depends on who you're talking to. So many people actually have a bit, actually have a major problem with Maslow's theory because he says this, this, that, that. Oh, like a bit rude, like pop, 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 pop. Yeah. So. You know, there's like 10,000 other theories, so let's explore them. Let's explore them and see, you know, what matches you best so you can get a better perspective. Yeah. So the first one is the freedom of choice. According to research by Ronald Engelhardt, a professor and a scientist as well, the extent to which society allows free choice has a major impact on people's happiness nowadays. When their basic needs are met, their degree of happiness would increase as well, depend on how much free choice people have and how they live their lives. The second one is self-determination theory. The evidence suggests that the ability to make choices without external influence and also interference is also a very huge factor to live a happy life. Intrinsic motivation and the willingness to grow Basically, being self-motivated can determine how happy you are. And what's the next one, Kai? Well, I would like to talk about something other than theory. It's something called balance, because balance is exactly what we're going to be talking about next. It's the idea of a balanced approach to happiness, not being weighed too much to one side or another. And in time, we have a phrase from Buddhism. It's roughly translated into English to walking the middle line or you know, because you need to not get too strung up, too high, too pressured, or not pressured enough, not and be like a well-tuned guitar string. Yeah, sustaining the balance is very important. And yeah, sometimes I can ultimately be awful to us sometimes. And things are fine, but for some reason, we still don't feel quite happy. It happens to me like all the time. And this is why there's more to happiness than comfort and managing our levels of, of happiness. It's an art in itself. Yeah, of course. And, you know, she said art and not science because, you know, of course, neuroscience, the science of the brain. It's not really made a lot of progress so far when it comes to understanding the biology of happiness. We've just come up with a couple of chemicals that we see when the brain is happy, but we can't exactly explain how and why we feel happiness. Wow. Yeah. yeah maybe some, most people say it's evolutionary, but you know, some others argue that perhaps it's something unique to humans to feel happiness and fulfillment in a specific way. Because although other animals may feel happy in a short term, humans are apparently, and I say that with a grain of salt, the apparently the only hu- 
only animals to feel happy with something that hasn't or isn't going to happen. It's kind of weird to think that happiness is not what DNA is. Yeah, I don't know. You might want to do your own research on this topic because there's like <laughs> 200 books you should read. It's all about the belief and case. And like basically research, he created the six factor models of psychological well-being, a theory that outlines the key factors to our happiness. The first one is self-acceptance, which is very important. This is about acknowledging and accepting who you are as an identity itself, as an as an individual. Yeah, it's important that you accept all aspects, even good or bad. The second thing is called autonomy, or the ability to make your own decisions in the way you think. The next one is environmental mastery, meaning that you can control your environment and you feel in charge of everything. But it doesn't stop there. There's also personal growth as well. It is the conscious effort to continue to improve yourself through new experiences and consistently try to become a better version of yourself. And talking about yourself, you definitely need to talk about others, right? Yeah, about the society as well. Specific relations with others, such as friends, family, and colleagues, and also other people, makes us happy. If we have a meaningful relationship, it can make a very much impact to us in life. And the sixth one is purpose in life. It is the final and the brand new factor. And it's the finding meaning in life and procuring your goal that you deeply care about, creating significance and value in your life. For some example, this is achieved through religions, but others, it can sometimes be achieved by other, other things as well. And it's all over the internet if you want to see the information. Yeah, and we want to talk about it a bit more. Actually, we have like six pages of the script left, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, I believe we may be running out of time. Despite that, though, we would like to leave you with a parting question. What is your happiness today? Well, that's it for today. We hope the content we give out will be informative, both about PM 2.5 and happiness, of course. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit youtube.com slash at Broadcast for our next episodes. And stay tuned, because we're probably going to have a university series where we interview various people from different universities, such as alumni. And if if we can, if we can, the director, but we're going to have to attempt really hard for that. So hopefully we get it. Very hopefully. Very hopefully. And just remember to stay always happy and positive. Okay, see you next Wednesday and goodbye. Goodbye.